We're back. We're back. I'd say we're still here, but we are you know, still here. We are still here. <laughs> exact same spot. Every what time. life? <laughs> uh, LOL. But you put in an order yeah, today, today for t-shirts. Yeah, we're, we're getting some pretty freaking cool shirts that yes. we're, we're very so, proud to have. Yeah, I'm super yeah. excited about it. Uh, Electroman yeah. in Lincoln. Lincoln, Arkansas. Man, mm-hmm. super friendly guy. His yeah. name's Steve. Yeah. Definitely, he's the one that did all the stickers. The new uh, stickers yeah, are. They're, so he's a great guy to work with for any printing yes. needs. I would definitely uh-huh. suggest Electroman in Electro Lincoln. Um, Forever on and Instagram. And I'll, I'll put a link in the, yeah. in the yeah. notes. Yeah, I think it'd be, I think it'd be nice. But uh, yeah, so those are coming out, which means that hopefully we'll have those in about two weeks, which means uh-huh. I should be able to start shipping orders hopefully in three weeks. Uh-huh. Um, we'll see how that lands. And then also... Uh, if you haven't, thank you to everybody who did place an order. But if you haven't, oh, man. definitely place an order for yep. your t-shirt now because we made a pretty small initial print run. Mm-hmm. And if you want to guarantee that we'll have your size, because they are pretty limited, yeah, place that order uh-huh. like today. Like you could stop right now and just go to lookwhatidid.net and order a t-shirt. Yep. Um, look in the merchandise. Yeah. So anyway, definitely do that. Yep. We uh. So also, sorry. <laughs> no, that's okay. I I'm not choked it's, up, but it's, it's the dinner I made you. I apologize. <laughs> um. But what I was gonna say is that really goes a long way in supporting the show. And the other yeah. way that yeah. you can support the show that's been really helpful is Patreon. So mm-hmm. Patreon.com forward slash Look What I Did. Um, for as little as a dollar, you get access to a bunch of content that we've put up there, and we're we've been kind of slowly ramping up the type of content that's going up on mm-hmm. Patreon, but you get uh, a full unedited, well, slightly edited, but a longer cut of the conversation with Dale. It's like an yeah. extra 40 minutes. Mm-hmm. There's an almost two hour conversation, I think with Chad, there's the very first interview I ever did with Alan, which did not go out publicly uh, just because <laughs> of recording quality issues. Yeah. Um, that Aaron and I had a fun little 30, 35 minute chat the other day yeah, and put yeah. that up on there. Kind of a cool conversation about clutter mm-hmm. and hobbies and yeah. whatever. Hopefully it's something that we kind of get into yeah, on a regular more basis. Regularly. I really enjoyed it and it was, it was mm-hmm. pretty easy to do. So I think that's something we can put yeah, up, but yeah. um, for as little as a dollar, you can support us on Patreon. It gives you access to all that content and it really helps us keep the show on the air because it is not free to host yeah. it to uh and by that i mean like cloud ho- right there has to be a place yep. to, for it to stream from um those types of things so it really does help us out and we really appreciate that and with that being said in a very particular alphabetical order um we would like to thank our patreons yes i'll just start with josh <laughs> you started with him last <laughs> I time i know but you know this is kind of i'm just going to do it Every then, time? Is no, not like every time. Matt Damon? So that way we didn't talk about it, and I just brought his name up first. So he should feel special this time. It's like, aren't you going to apologize to me? For what? For this? Well, I'm sorry. Well, that doesn't count. So this is a Josh, Allison, Alan, Brian, Catherine, Chad, Cindy, Dela, Deborah, Dryad Gaming Company, Holly Hill, James, and Megan. Thank you guys very yeah, much for being it's supporters. From the bottom of our heart, it's we appreciate you believing in us and what we're doing because I, I think we're doing something very special here. Makes that, it much more manageable. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, I, I love doing the show, but this definitely makes yes. it 
easier on us for sure. Oh man. So thank mm-hmm. you very much. Thank you. Um so with that being said, yep. we recorded this episode back in December. There will be a reference that will definitely clearly call it out, I'm pretty sure, as being in <laughs> December. Um but it's with a it's with a, a friend of mine from years and years ago, Daniel Hawkins, who does the digital armory on yeah. Instagram, and he is a digital fabricator. It is insane. It's like yep. a real life Tony Stark. <laughs> if Tony Stark only worked with plastic and resin and paper. But <laughs> Yes. <laughs> <laughs> no, there's mechanical stuff in there too. Yeah. There's servos yeah. and stuff. Yeah. It is so cool. And this conversation goes to such like an interesting place, I think, in just how we interact with technology. It is mm-hmm. super cool. It's totally oh, yeah. worth listening all the way to the end. Um, this is another one where I think I'm going to end up having to put up a cut because I didn't have to cut a whole lot out of it, but it was about 20, 25 minutes and it was, uh, it touched on what we do when we have access to all the knowledge in the world, basically, and how we kind of manage that and how we choose to use or not use that. To me, it was one of my favorite parts of the conversation, but it, in you'll see like in the overall this was probably the most concise like version of the conversation i could uh-huh. put up at like the hour mark but i do think that i will probably put like kind of that 20 minute maybe even just the 20 minutes i don't know up on patreon um because it is a cool like kind of extra little piece so i'll probably just do the 20 minute section mm-hmm. of it but uh yeah it it is it's super cool definitely check out the photos yeah. on instagram yeah. check out the photos on look what i did.net while you're ordering a t-shirt because mm-hmm. heather took some amazing photos in his yeah. shop and it is it it left me like a lot of times we would show up to the, you know different places that they come yeah. here and with us being allowed to walk in his shop but also talk to daniel it i still had so much more i mean it was just an overload of like different things that he talked about and that we went and saw in the shop of different techniques and different things and also technology, like you had said, you know, I was just like, we weren't able to stay there for a long time, but it is, uh, it's a whole other, it just gave another side to some of this that I'd yeah. never really thought of before, you know, yeah. and it's thinking outside the box that it's gotten him where cool. he is. Yeah. And what he's doing in education, I think like with, uh-huh. he'll talk about it in this, but, um, really kind of pushing this, I, this, in a very accessible way, I think, mm-hmm. in an educational environment. It's really, really cool. So, yeah, without yeah. further ado, Daniel Hawkins. Yep, enjoy. You go loudest. You have to go louder, Aaron, not <laughs> No, I like where that was. <laughs> okay. It was, it was so anticlimactic. It's like, all right, you go louder. Um, let's start Hi. with... Let's start with, <laughs> right. That's our intro part. Let's start with who you are and what you yeah. do. Well, I'm Daniel. Um, also, not me though. No. Daniel also a different I'm, Daniel yeah. also. Um, a biblical name, strong name, strong Christian boy name. Uh, no, I uh, as of uh, now and a few years now, uh, I build. I use technology in kind of weird ways and. Primarily, that means 3D printing for the purpose of like replica movie props and things and costumes and things of that nature, but also like uh, different, just lots of weird technology related stuff and related to manufacturing, like digital manufacturing primarily. 
digital manufacturing mm-hmm. wow. or digital Descri- fabrication. De- describe yeah. what like, I haven't really, I'm not familiar with that. Obviously I'm familiar with what your product is mm-hmm. right. A little bit. Um, Which we can take a look around. Oh, we the totally shop, I mean, the shop's here, so yeah. it's in the backyard. We're going to so. go tour right. the shop. Interview's yeah. over. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And done. And I turned um, the heat on out there, so it's nice and warm. So. Sweet. So we yeah. should have just recorded out there. We bring camp chairs uh, Well, I actually thought about that, but the the air is like super, It's because it's 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 one of the window units, but it has the heat in there. You know, like, oh, it's like yeah, an yeah, industrial yeah. size window unit. It's the split unit. And it thing. goes through the, yep. through the wall, but it's like, like super loud. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like it's uh, like insanely loud. But so. they're amazing when you're working there. Well, and it's a recent addition to that. I'm very, I will trade you for. that split unit for this sweet electric heated filament <laughs> fan. I just bought at a thrift oh, shop 20 yeah. minutes ago. <laughs> well, for If you like vintage fans yeah. that probably will explode upon plugging I mean, them into the that's wall. That's basically my middle name. It's but, a fuse uh, tester to make sure they still that's work. Smart, yeah. smart. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, for the longest time I was using a, a propane heater, like one of the ones, like the radiant ones that hook up to a propane tank. Mm-hmm. Well, come to find out you're really not supposed to use those in like enclosed spaces because carbon monoxide and like death and stuff there that's the memory thing right there we yeah. just figured it out it could very well yeah. be uh but anyway so now i don't have to use that and i'm very thankful because i'm probably killing myself slightly less so still definitely slowing down the process i still work with a lot of chemicals and stuff <laughs> that are probably that... murdering my brain cells <laughs> but you know whatever cross that bridge when we get to it yeah, but anyway so that's who I am. I build stuff out of, uh, I have machines that build stuff for other machines and other stuff, basically. Yeah, that clarified it. Mm-hmm. I now have a bit. So mo- what got you into this? Like I met you as a guy playing, well, I met you, you were actually relatively young, but yeah. you were a skater kid, then kind of music my wife, scene. I think I was 12 when we met for the first time and i was just a mere 14 plus some more years yeah i don't know <laughs> what i don't know you were working at bushwhackers so i was all in I my early 20s let's yep. say yep. uh yeah no but yeah it was centered around skating kind of music yeah yeah and that's i feel like you moved to joplin music related i mm-hmm. thought at one point uh sort of i mean i got married so okay. that's why i moved to joplin. that's but, a better reason but we met because of music and right. the, she worked at the venue that we played at all the time. And so, and I was still touring when we got married and stuff. So. Gotcha. So this seems like a hard left turn <laughs> from that, right? Like, um, what got you into this? Uh, well, uh, it happened sort of by accident as so many things do sometimes. Often I, I like... wake up and I'm like 3d printer <laughs> accident. Well, I guess I'll just see. <laughs> yeah. Well, it, it's, you know, it's one of those things that happens kind of gradually that you're like, little things sprinkle here and there and then you turn around and like your life like i tell my wife all the time like when i was 30 or i'm 32 now but like i couldn't imagine when i was in my mid-20s like i would have when we got married i would have never thought like oh this is what i'll be doing when i'm 30 (laughs) uh but no it was um so of course you know i'm a big marvel comics big i mean look around yeah uh big marvel comics fan and by association big marvel movie fan uh, movie fan in general, but uh, specifically superhero movies. But so when the first Iron Man movie came out in 2008, uh, you know, that I was just like, oh my God, that's the coolest thing I've ever seen in my entire life. Some like super smart billionaire dude that freaking flies around and shoots lasers at dudes. Like awesome. Um, and like, I just loved the way that it looked and how they took kind of these real like crazy ethereal concepts that no one would really ever think, oh, here's how we make that look real. 
and they made it like work and you know the suspense of disbelief like worked and of course you know you had like the toby Maguire spider-mans and stuff which were really kind of the inception of that but for me like seeing the 2008 iron man that was the first time that i was like whoa you know so then naturally as things do i became excuse me it's all right i forgive you uh but uh so naturally bless you uh so naturally as things tend to happen i got semi-obsessed with that and so i was like oh i want to build an iron man helmet because it's like you know whatever that'd be cool to have one so i started going online finding forums and all these kinds of things on how to do this stuff and i came across this method called pepakura which is basically like digital origami pretty much where you print stuff out on cardstock and it's like patterns and you cut them out and you fold it and glue it and you end up with a 3d object and then you harden it with fiberglass and sand it and in theory it's supposed to look like the thing you're trying to make at the end gotcha. well so everything started as paper like yeah flat yeah, paper literal, folded yeah, and then just folding it and fiberglassing and you know, the whole just geometric shapes yep. that all get glued mm -hmm. together and created. Yep. That's yeah. gotta be super it's, time it, consuming. It is. It's really annoying. Uh, so, uh, funny enough, that is, and that was, and still is the only peppercurry thing I've ever made in my life. <laughs> uh, because after finishing it, number one, it looked like absolute garbage. Uh, and I thought there's gotta be an easier way to do this. Um, and then I started watching like a lot of the, uh, you know, like the Blu-ray behind the scenes and things like this. And I saw, well, how did they make the movie suits? They did them with 3d printing Well, digital mm -hmm. fabrication in general, 3d printing, CNC machining, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and I was like, oh, there you go. That's, that's the one. Uh, so I started, you know, researching in a 3d printing and how it all worked and all that stuff. Well, I still didn't have a printer at right. this time. It was all, I started to make some of, uh, some of my own files, um, of some different Iron Man's related things and just releasing them online. On Cause the, you kind of have a background in digital art. Yeah. Yeah. Right? yeah. In fact, the, the program that I still use to this day, I actually started using in high school. I mean, it's, you know, many versions right. newer now, but what program are it's you called using? 3ds max. It's okay. an Autodesk product. I mean, I use a lot of other ones too. I use. 3ds max and this program called zbrush which any artist if you've ever wanted to delve into the world of making 3d art and you think not so much in terms of like lines and and geometry and math and all these things zbrush is like the greatest thing to happen to the world interesting of 3d digital art in forever because it's literally a digital sculpting tool where you start with a digital lump of clay and oh i've just, seen yeah i've yeah. seen uh, that, which yeah. i mean i have it in there and we can do some cool stuff but Anyway, so mostly those are the programs I use. But uh, so, yeah, so I released some files out into the wild, um, but all this time still didn't have my own printer. So just other people were printing my designs, sending me pictures and things, you know, posting on the forum and stuff. And I was like, wow, this is like really cool to see something that you made digitally that only existed in the digital world. Now these people are like making it exist in like reality. Right. You know? So like that was just like blew my mind. Um, well, anyway, then, you know, many months later, um comes along uh craigslist listing again as so many things do for a bank robbery <laughs> so you can afford to buy yes, a printer exactly yeah. uh, no. getaway driver needed yes <laughs> no uh, strings we'll attached we'll trade for yeah. 3d printer don't ask questions <laughs> yeah um mm. no it was a guy trading a, a a really janky 3d printer i mean this thing was like literally 3d printed parts and like nuts and bolts like the jankiest looking thing you've ever seen in your entire life 
but he was willing to trade it for a gaming PC, which I just so happened to have an extra one. So he was in Tulsa. Yeah. And I was like, let's go. <laughs> and so a friend of mine went with me to make sure, you know, I don't get stabbed. And uh, lo and behold, met this guy at his work. He worked at like an automotive shop and he showed it running and everything and gave me a spool of filament and, uh, you know, kind of snowballed from there. Uh, but so I had this 3d printer into, I think Sorry. a note of importance here is that at this point in time, 3d printers are still unbelievably expensive. That's actually a mis common misconception. Really? Uh, yeah. Uh, in fact, a lot of people don't realize the technology has actually been around since 1979 was, uh, when it was invented. Oh yeah. No, 3d printing has been around for, but consumer facing is still pretty expensive. In also a common right? misconception. Really? Uh, you can wow. actually get your own kit printer now. That's actually of no, now you can buy them relatively cheap. Well now $169 is right. like the low end of the market. Then that one costs 400 new, the one that I got. Right. And this was in 2014. No, 2013. Oh, okay. I'm 2013. thinking 2008, 2009. Well, even then, they... Well, so, low end, I felt like, was 800 So there's, a, there's actually a fascinating story behind that. We can get to that. But the reason that we even enjoy consumer 3D printing now is because a key patent expired. And as soon as that patent expired, the floodgates opened, and it was oh. just out into the world. So that, so that happened. The, key, the patent expired in 2006. So gotcha. pretty much sit from there... The These price consumer, just kind of yeah, starts just to drop. plummeted. Right. And it continues to plummet to this right. day. Mm -hmm. um, but anyway, so I had this printer and I, you know, I was messing around with it, just kind of learning, learning everything I could, just consuming knowledge about how these things work and, and all this stuff. But I was still, you know, paying full price for materials and uh, not really super comfortable at making my own files. Like I could do it, but I was really slow and hadn't really nailed down the process. Well, cue to um summer 2014 and i go uh, on warp tour and i just drive for a van i'm driving there uh, i don't know if you guys are familiar with bandwagons but they're like yeah you know yeah. big rv things yeah anyway so i drive that around for them because i was desperately in need of money <laughs> so <laughs> who are you uh, driving uh they're called they were called for today they're like a metal okay. band nope yeah really <laughs> oh yeah. like a metal band Anyway, they were like friends of mine and stuff, and and the guitar player for my band is was their roadie, and so it just like gotcha. worked out. But anyway, they're like, we need a driver, so, and I hate driving, especially overnight. So it was like literally my nightmare job. <laughs> uh, but whatever, I needed money, so we're in Baltimore, and I see an eBay listing pop up because I'm just always, you know, what the hell else are you gonna do when you're driving for 14 hours at night we stopped like, at a thrift store before we came here <laughs> yeah okay you get it <laughs> same thing yeah yeah so uh so i see this listing and it's for a literal pallet like we're talking eight foot by eight foot by eight foot pallet of 3d printer filament of the raw material nice whoa for like 300 bucks really Jeez. nice and so and it's in baltimore <laughs> and so i'm like I got it. Like, I got it. I can't not do this because, like, that whittles down a spool of filament for a kilogram, 2.2 pounds, usually about 30 ish bucks. Yeah. Open market cost today. I was getting it for like five cents a spool. Yeah. Uh, so I was like, I can't not do this. So I talked to the guys in the band, was like, yeah, I kind of have this 
thing that I want to get. And uh, and the trailer was like, yeah, the trailer was like a quarter of the way full. So they were like, yeah, just go get it and toss it in the trailer. We'll just carry it around. Stars aligned. Yeah. 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 So, (laughs) so already having driven 14 hours over the, over the night, I continue to stay awake. I rent a U-Haul van because like I can't exactly take the bandwagon and trailer Mm -hmm. and go get it. So I rent a U-Haul van. (laughs) I drive to the place. I have them with a freaking forklift, load this into the back of the U-Haul van. I take the U-Haul van back to Warp Tour <laughs> and box by box unload this filament <laughs> off of the pallet into the trailer. And there it's in front of all the band equipment. Yeah. So then- <laughs> yeah, it really was. It was like at the very front of the trailer with like their skateboards and stuff. So like just like tossed in there. But uh and so, you know, I drive the U-Haul back and, and we literally do the next like four weeks of the tour with all this film in it. <laughs> so I get it home and, you know, I unload it all. Well, now I'm sitting in there and I'm thinking, okay, I got this printer. At this point, I only have one, as you'll see now. The army has grown significantly. <laughs> um, but uh, so I have this printer and I have this filament and it's like, okay, so now what? <laughs> you know, like uh, how the heck am I going to get rid of like a ton, a literal ton of <laughs> filament. Uh, so I was like, okay, well, I guess I could like, you know, I, well, first off, I can print off this Iron Man that I've had these files for and only other people have been able to print. So I finally start to do that. But then I'm like, okay, well, what next? And so that's when I did um, an Ant-Man. And it wasn't, I didn't intend for like anyone to care or anything, but like, you know, I just snapped a picture of it and like posted it online. And people were like, hey, I want one. And I'm like, oh, uh, I hadn't really considered that, but okay. And so I taught myself how to do like mold making and casting and all Mm. of these things. So I, you know, took my master copy and made a mold out of it and cast and, you know, taught myself airbrushing and all these different painting techniques and all this stuff and made my first replica thing. And I charged what I thought was an appropriate amount for it. And then I've literally been living off of that ever since then. And it's just snowballed into the next project and the next project and the next project. And that's crazy. So yeah. an Ant-Man helmet yeah. was the wow. kickoff And it point. wasn't even a good one. It, it did not look <laughs> Don't good. Don't tell that customer that. Yeah, no, God but bless him. What, what do they call it? An artist proof? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Ooh, an art proof. There, there was like go. 15 of them, but, <laughs> you know, whatever. Limited series. Yeah, yeah. And I actually ended up remaking that specific helmet later significantly better and there's only 10 of those out in the world but but anyway yeah that kind of just that was the spark that ignited everything and this is the full-time job this is what uh, you do for a living sort of uh yes and no um it was and still kind of is uh i'm actually in a transitional period right now where so my brother, Ben, who you know. I sometimes see at the gym where he's working out. I'm apparently just leering at people who sure, do healthy sure. things. Oh, my he, God. He's, he's that very, explains it, yeah. yeah. Yeah, He's very fit. He's uh, much more fit than I. He yeah, walks it, by sometimes and says positive things like, you're getting less dead. <laughs> <laughs> wow, man. You really look like you have gained or lost something. Good for you. Uh, gained weight and lost hope. Yep. Yeah, 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 exactly. As, as we all have. That still counts as gains, though. That's true. That's true. Gains, bro. Working on those gains. Gains. Sick. Um, but uh, so, yeah, kind of in a weird transitional period right now that's actually very exciting. But my brother has labeled my life strange. He always says, You have this strangely fortuitous life. Yeah. Which, I mean, I sure, I'll take it. You know, I, I don't know. But, 
But through a lot of these, uh, all these strange series of circumstances, I'm actually now and probably next year will begin full time or very near full time working for slash with a 3D printer manufacturer here in Joplin, of all places, that builds, markets, and sells their own printers. And we're developing like all of this uh, curriculum for like 3D printing in schools and all these things. They're having me develop new 3D printers. Like, uh, in fact, I'll show you one that we're working on right now that's in the shop that like we're working on a patent on and like all of this crazy stuff that I would have never thought would ever be able to do there they're enabling me to do so because of that i'm actually very excited because the costuming thing i as art art as a job can sometimes take a little bit of the joy out of it right um anyone that's ever done art can sympathize with that especially if they've ever done it to get paid um and it was kind of getting to that point a little bit where i would have clients on my butt all the time you know hey when's the thing going to be done you know Hey, I received the thing and it's great, but it's got this little flaw, you know, you know, or I need a refund or whatever. Like, cause I mean, you're literally one guy making things with your hands and it's like, so there's going to be mess ups. Like you hope that they're small enough that the client doesn't really care or that they appreciate the value that's still there regardless. But so it you got, can't pass off an Ant-Man helmet as like farm rustic <laughs> if it has sure, some dinks uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, that gets that gets a little dicey. It's like, oh no, I meant to do that. It's the uh, purposely uh, aged version. Yeah, mm-hmm. but no, nah, man. Like, I know that we're joking, but really, there's lots of those things that are intentional that people are like, oh well, why'd you do that? It's not supposed to be like that. It's like, trust me, I've studied this thing for hours and hours and hours and hours and hours and hours. And hours. And you saw it once, and I'm very thankful that you commissioned me to build it. But trust me, I know what it's supposed to look like. You know, but they argue. Well, because and... the perfect thing looks like a uh, Hot Toys or whatever that company yeah, is, yeah. right? Like, you know, yeah. but that perfect, like, it looks like a toy if it's perfect. Right, exactly. And that's the thing. You is, need some weathering and right. age to it. Well, and the thing is, is like, I'm making a replica of the thing that was used in the movie. So right. if the thing that was used in the movie had defects, yeah. That's going to, it's going to be there too. Like specifically yeah. one of my most popular things is I do a, a Black Panther Civil War. Yeah. And the movie used one that I have a 3D scan of the actual actor in the actual suit. Like it, it's all warped and stuff right. because these props get used yeah. in movies and they get beat up and they get warped and they get hurt and things like that. And it's like, so you can't expect like if I'm building you a replica, it's gonna be a replica. It's not gonna be machined out of stainless steel and be you know bulletproof and destructible. No, it's gonna be this thing that you can wear that looks like the thing that the other person wore. Right. You know. Right. And so it got real dicey. With it wasn't bad. Like I mean, I've had like two refunds ever in my right. entire career. But it just got to the point with like clients and all these things that it really did start to drag me down. Like I would just get real stressed out and you know, with time frames, and I'd be in the shop freaking 18 hour days and like all this stuff. And it's just like, just running myself ragged. So when this other gig came along, um, you know, it really, because really I love art. I want to do art forever, but I kind of had to sit and take a step back and think, okay, well work it out to 10 years from now. You know, am I going to move to LA? Am I going to work in the special effects industry? Like, you know, at some shop, maybe, but 
I have to move to LA, which mm. no thank you. Uh, so, okay, maybe I'll just go there a few months at a time. Okay, well then I'm still working at a shop. I have a boss, I have deadlines, you know, with 18 hour days in the shop. And then when there's no work, there's just no work because that's just how it works out there. Right. So I had to kind of take a step back and think, okay, well, with this other thing, I still get to just be my own boss. I still get to do art for fun. Like, you know, I can build as many pieces as I want and sell them still, but I don't have to work. Like I can just build it and then sell it. Right. I don't have to take the order, be on a deadline, have a client breathing down my neck. It's just like, hey, I built this. Buy it. Mm -hmm. Somebody want it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so that's been really great. And that's just within the past few months uh, that I've kind of transitioned my business model a little bit. But that's been like just the best. It's brought the joy of making this stuff back. That's cool. And so, yeah, you want it to be fun. Yeah. And I think that comes through too and just when something's done for fun and when something's done because I have to yeah. hit it and I've got to get it out And that's door. what I never wanted. You know, yeah. like I don't want someone to like see a piece of mine and be like, oh, you know, this is some mass produced because like you can go on eBay and find like stuff out of China that's, you know, they turn out hundreds of thousands of them. Yeah. But, and it doesn't have that, you you know, like you said, like you don't see the joy in it, you know? Right. And like, I never wanted to be that. And I was like, I, that was almost, I was right on the verge of Getting that. close, yeah. Yeah. And so I was just like, man, I got to, I was ready to take a step back anyway. Mm -hmm. And then this, this 3D printing company thing came along. And so it was like perfect timing. So, so anyway, so that's, so no, it's not my full-time thing. Really. I don't have a full-time thing. Everything's kind of multiple part-time things. It's all very spacey. Right. Um, you diversified your, uh, <laughs> my portfolio. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, so yeah, that's, that's how that's working. That's good. So you're helping develop, so they came to you because you're one, I assume kind of pushing what people think they can probably do with a 3d printer, mm -hmm. right? Trying to, yeah. Uh, two, you're doing something that's fun. So it's going to mm -hmm. draw, obviously like when you have Marvel or black Panther, like that's going to put eyeballs yeah, on yeah, it. Yeah, so a big wow. Factor. Yeah. You're doing something with a big wow factor. Um, you've got the art background that I think agreeing with your brother on fortuitous outcomes in life. Like you're doing <laughs> yeah. this, Adobe Photoshop stuff or, you know, Adobe Illustrator or whatever back in the day that happens to work out really well with this other thing later. Um, so you're able to kind of, so they're coming to you to help. I think this curriculum thing is interesting to me. Mm -hmm. Like what are you as a company trying to teach? What do you think you can teach people about 3d printing? And we're at the halfway point. Ish. Ish. I this is my favorite point. part. Yeah. The middle. Just saying the ish part. <laughs> Halfway -ish. Different ways to say ish. Yeah. We're in an ish concert. Ish. It's just going all oh night my long. God. <laughs> sort of like us intro and ish point. We just just jabber until something happens. Yeah. Um, You're the Trey Anastasio. I love this conversation. Yeah. I really, really do. It. This is. I love where this conversation ends up going. Mm -hmm. Like it just doesn't. It's not necessarily even, we do talk a lot, obviously, about what mm -hmm. he's doing, but just the how it impacts the world, you yeah. know, like yeah. not, not necessarily specifically his stuff, which does, but the idea of 3D fabrication, of being able to print on-demand physical objects and mm -hmm. how um, we, you'll see, like, as this conversation progresses, just how kind of being aware that we haven't even tapped oh yeah the beginning of that potential yet mm -hmm. it's 
but this conversation is awesome. Uh, if you want to check out, and you definitely should, Daniel's stuff, you need to go to the underscore digital underscore armory on Instagram. It is phenomenal yeah. work. It's yes. so amazing. And then you can go to lookwhatidid.net, and you can see some photographs that Heather took there, a little bit more of his shop space, kind of uh -huh. some stuff in, that he had going on in the shop. And then... Uh, Us walking around with our mouths open like, yeah, what? It's, it's What? Look at that. Well, <laughs> it, it was that weird moment where you felt like you were yeah. in Tony Stark's like <laughs> lab. You know, you're like, well, there's yeah. an Iron Man shoe and there's uh -huh. a helmet with working servo oh, motors. The uh, um, Black Panther. Yeah. Everything was so cool. <laughs> and his house piece, is just yeah. awesome decoration. Oh. Like it, his house is what... <laughs> I hope one day my planarium it's like, becomes like yeah, it, it's, yeah, it's cool. Sick. Well, when you can make all that yourself, it's just like yeah. here you go. You know what I want? <laughs> I want I. Well, you kind of mentioned this, mm -hmm. but I want like a like a bobblehead version of us. I oh, think that'd, that'd be, be hilarious. That'd be pretty freaking off funny. of like Chad Moffin's yep. drawing. Yeah, was, yeah. All right, Daniel, if you're listening to the middle of the episode, then <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, please. But anyway, <laughs> thanks for for listening to this episode. Listen yes. all the way to the end. There's some great content. Like I said, I think we're, we'll have an extra 20 minutes up on mm -hmm. Patreon probably within a week. And uh, as far as that said, back with Daniel yeah. Hawkins, owner, proprietor, inventor, mastermind. Fortuitous Tony Stark man. of Joplin. Mm -hmm. Fortuitous man yes. of Joplin. Mm -hmm. Mr. Daniel Hawkins at the Digital cool. Armory. Mm -hmm. What are you, as a company, trying to what do you think you can teach people about 3D printing? So our big thing is we want to, there's some companies doing like curriculum type stuff, education focused stuff sort of out there, but it's kind of all like half-assed attempts of it. No, no one's really like pushed that market really. Um, and so our big thing is we know like the kids that are in school right now, they're going to experience this stuff like way more than we are. Right. We already encounter on a day-to-day -day basis, like more than we realize because like in every single vehicle, there's hundreds of parts that were already prototyped using 3d printing oh, yeah. and then brought into final production. I mean, so, and that's just in our cars. I mean, our computers, our offices, our, you know, day-to-day -day life, we experience right. it all the time. We just don't realize it. So however much we're experiencing it, the next generation is going to experience it infinitely more. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm sure you're all familiar with Moore's law. The whole, you know, uh, technology doesn't increase uh, linearly. It increases on a curve. Right. So it's going to be here before we know it. And these kids are going to be inundated with it every yeah. single day of their lives. So they need to be prepared for that because we're reaching the age of automation where the best jobs are going to be the ones that know technology. That's just the fact of the matter. That's why computer sciences are so important in school. Um, but our passion is not necessarily to teach these children about 3D printing. It's to teach the teachers about 3D printing so that they can teach the kids about it. Gotcha. But beyond that, it's really, we don't want, a lot of the curriculums that are out there now are kind of, they kind of hold people's hand and it's like a, a 15 step list of, okay, you know, here's this, this file that you print, you print it out and then you assemble it. And then it does this thing, ta-da, which is like really cool, but it's really not helping people understand the fundamental concepts of how the technology works and how it can be utilized. And that's really where our passion is, is we want, we think the coolest thing in the world would be for some kid to come up to a teacher and say, Hey, I had this idea for whatever it is, you know, this thing that we can't even imagine, like, 
uh, oh, my chair squeaks in school and I design, uh, you know, I think there should be this little plastic piece that, you know, keeps it from squeaking or whatever, something right. like that. And then the teacher's like, oh, okay, cool. Well, like draw, just draw on a, sketch it out on a piece of paper and I'll help you build it, you know? And then that teacher can go because they understand 3D printing, understand how it works, understand what it's capable of. They can then take that, design the part, print it out and actually enable that student to kind of realize that thing, which then unlocks the student's brain to say, oh, now I see how this was done. So then their brain begins to unlock the potential of what's possible with this, you know, what's going to be possible with this. So that's kind of where, where, whereas it's not so much like, you know, here's the, the, uh, the directions to print something as much as here's the fundamental concepts. Here's, you know, the history and how it all got to be here. Here's how this all works go nuts yeah so i find it in i think everybody can envision what they wish they could bring into the world right like mm -hmm. the perfect rock record oh, perfect photograph yeah. but yeah or you know if this thing existed my life would be better and you can think about it and you might even be able to like image it in your brain but getting it out mm -hmm. is it's the distance between those mm -hmm. two things right mm -hmm. and so the 3d printer in this case is kind of your hands yeah and I think so. I have a 3D printer that I mess with sometimes, and I'm the oh, guy nice. who like you know I bought it. And Do you like, have any questions about it? Well, now yeah, it turns out, now, yeah, so. yeah. Why I didn't think about this five years ago when yeah. I got it? Um, but anyway, like you know, it comes with a pre-printed thing, and it's like okay, so here's how to load it, and sure. then press a button, and it's going to print mm -hmm. a pencil holder that mm -hmm. doesn't hold pencils. Sure. Well. But then I wanted to. I was working on a project, and I needed to prototype a thing, right? And so then it's like, well, I have, I can literally make the part right there. But, uh, <laughs> but how do I, how do I it? tell it to make the yeah, thing yeah. that's in my head? Yeah. And so then I found a, you know, free, free CAD mm -hmm. actually, mm -hmm. um, not a terrible program, but mm -hmm. also the only program I have experience with. Sure. And then I spend another day learning how to make a circle, not kidding, mm -hmm. <laughs> with some shape and depth. Mm -hmm. And then I wanted to write, so like a ton of time teaching myself how to kind of get the part and really time consuming. But I think... Do you experience all that to say, is that being probably the pain point of this technology is yes, that like we can think absolutely. of a thing and we can produce it, but how do I communicate 100%. that? 100%. There's two main hurdles that we have to get over for this technology to really gain. I'm not even going to say widespread acceptance because the whole a 3D printer in every home thing won't be realistic for a while. Right. Um, at least 10 years, maybe more. Moore's um, law, maybe less. Maybe. Can, I mean, to your point, it's one hundred and sixty-nine dollars. That's true, and um, it does continue to get. But it's not the. It's not the price. The price isn't the issue, and that's that's to your point. That's not what's holding us back. It's not the hardware. It's not the price. It's the software. It's the how to use it. It's, it's the, the UI. Yep. Really, you know, it ultimately. needs to be easier to utilize. That and then the the technology in its current state. Uh, and that's part of what we're working on is kind of stagnated and it needs some pretty serious advancement. And there's ways out there to advance it quickly. But still, like you said, the software, people need to be able to just say, I just want this. And mm -hmm. then, I mean, and that's why like with ZBrush, it's so great. Now, ZBrush, <laughs> fun, ironically, is one of the most complicated softwares in all of humanity <laughs> to use. But the idea that... I just get this thing to look how I want it to look, and then I print it out and test it. You know, that's a really valuable concept. So if they could have a version of that that's similar, that just is easier to use, 
because yeah. I have an XYZ printer. Okay, and, I have two of them. All right, yeah, yeah. and so they a DaVinci. I'm going. Yep, yep. Um, yeah, I got two. And so they finally One came out with a software right that allows now. you to kind of make an object, right? The first thing is really like just go to Thingiverse, find a file, yeah, yeah. print it out. Yeah. But then they came out with one where you can kind of slap some shapes together and get a thing. But what I find is missing there is like you don't, you almost need somebody to come in and make a software that like smooths the edges between mm -hmm. the objects, mm -hmm. right? So it's not this perfect geometric mm -hmm. shape on another perfect mm -hmm. geometric shape. Because ultimately, I'm not an artist. Sure. I can think of a thing, but I can't. You're even not, with you're not an engineer. Yeah, yeah. even with the brush program, I'm not going to be able to get. Yeah, I'm not good at that, mm -hmm. you know. And mm -hmm. I think it's sort of like being given like the best brushes in the world mm -hmm. or a really good guitar and amp. Mm -hmm. And if you don't know how to talk to that and right. make it say what you need it to say, right, you're kind of just stuck, right. Um, and that's where I see 3D printing as this huge. Growing up as a kid, uh. The Omni Mag Magazine, I don't know if you're familiar with this, they did an article in the mid-90s about how she like knows. every home would have a 3D printer and you could print all these. And like one of them was like, it would be filled with sand and it would fuse the sand together basically oh, into hey, the shape I you wanted. one of those, if you look back there. Uh, From an Omni Magazine? Aaron, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. You can, uh, that Thanos uh, figure that's back there, that was actually us printed on a sand, on a full color sand printer i'm gonna have to look at that because i definitely can't yeah. see it from oh that yeah yeah one. that one literally yeah, the, right the there. little six I was four inch six inch whatever that's so cool uh -huh. so and then now you have resin whatever mm -hmm. right which are some of those too we can look at those later so in the and i'm a star trek fan so oh, great right the, replicator, the replicator. Yeah, yeah. yeah like so i grew up oh, in this great. world where <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes yeah, yeah. i want that 3d printer yeah you and me both so i grew up in this world where like the idea that i can think of think of a thing and where we can all be our own Tony Starks, right? It's I know the technology exists, and then I happen to be alive for it to be attainable, mm -hmm. and then I get it, and I can't use it. I know. Well, and that was actually, there was, similar to like the dot-com bubble, there yeah. was a 3D printing bubble. And this was just a few years ago. Um, but there was a company, you're probably familiar with them, MakerBot, that was really pushing that yeah, idea yeah. of a printer in every home. And they were, mm -hmm. you know, they released this replicator fifth gen that was, you know, supposed to be like the Ferrari of 3D printers. It was all stamped metal. It was black, you know, it was like <laughs> real industrial looking. Well, and then it barely worked and it's a huge pile of garbage. And yeah. they also charged you $5,000 for or $3,500 for it. Um, and I mean, thank goodness for Thingiverse. Yes. Because that gives me my replicator menu of like, okay, well, yeah, I can. Absolutely. But. I need a million Daniel Hawkinses to be making. Right. And the problem is that there are people like me that, you know, I think spatially, you know, I think like an engineer, I don't consider myself an engineer by any means. Um, but I think like an engineer, I have very good spatial recognition. You know, if you, you know, there's that test that they have where it's a, uh, it's a whole bunch of gears. There's like 15 gears and they're all connected. And what does the end one turn Right, exactly. Yeah. They show you the direction of the first gear and then they say, oh, which direction is the I always just take it out of the one? picture and spin it like a quarter on a tabletop. I'm like, it spins that way. <laughs> there you go. Uh, yeah, it's I actually cut out, I, I cut out the gears individually and then just spin <laughs> yes. them. And I'm like, well, there's your answer. I go to my mill and this just mill out all the gears <laughs> yeah. and then build it actually out of... Yeah, yeah. this was easy. This you test just is Google dumb. it. I do paper Socorro or whatever and just fold all the <laughs> yeah, shapes out of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This test is definitely, this is not, easy. definitely not called paper Socorro, but I can't remember close what enough. it was. Pepper Curro, <laughs> but yeah, it was close enough. 
but uh but Sudoku. anyway so like those tests you know they're really they're easy for me and right stuff. so i can think spatially but the problem is that there's people like me that you know i didn't go to school or anything like that but there's people like that that also didn't go to school but they just have that talent that natural talent but the tools are still too complex mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. they're not the kind of people to sit you know maybe they have kids and you know nine to five jobs and all these things that they can't exactly like sit and take a four hour class every night for this hobby that they have, you know, but they have that talent within them. So that's where the software needs to step up and enable those people that think that way. I mean, just like Photoshop has enabled artists, you yeah. know, Photoshop or Illustrator, or whatever, like Photoshop and Illustrator can't make you a good artist, right? It, you know, you still have to be a good artist for your end result to look good. And the mm. same is true with this software is it's not going to make people good engineers, but what we'll do is take the people who all, already good engineers and enable them to be that just like Photoshop right. enables artists to be that. And I feel like Adobe's done a great job of kind of allowing you to go in. If you have a decent initial thing, mm -hmm. you can go in and kind of mess with it fairly mm -hmm. quickly yeah. and intuitively in a lot of yeah. ways, especially in their phone apps, right? Mm -hmm. Like in these really dumbed down, like you yeah. have maybe 20 things you can They're do. Super intuitive. Yeah. You know. And that to me is great. I think to your point, yeah, I may have a terrible idea, but if I can at least put it in there and it breaks, mm -hmm. even as a kid, I can start to learn why, mm -hmm. where the failure point was. Yeah, exactly. If I can take, even if I could take like, I don't even know what the, like a bamboo notebook, right? Like the, mm -hmm. like digital style mm -hmm. notebooks and I could draw it and somehow that would be able to kind of try to build a 3D Translate model. Translate it. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. like it just. Mm -hmm. And that's what the programs aim to do now. You know, there's a lot of like a uh, free cat and Tinkercad and all these like what they call traditional CAD packages, you know, it's all, you start with a sketch. So like, you know, you said, learn how to build, uh, draw a circle or whatever. It's like, you'd start with a circle and then, you know, you then extrude you that out yeah, into 3D yeah. space and then you add on top of that, you know, like that's how these work, but the they're still just so they're clunky. They're yeah. so clunky, they're so unintuitive. They're designed for engineers and they're engineers designing these programs. And that's the cool, but also terribly frustrating thing about that ZBrush program it was designed by artists. So in that, a lot of things that should work, like engineering, do not. <laughs> uh, like they call models, 3D models in ZBrush are called tools, which like, what? That doesn't make... And then the tools, like your sculpting tools, are called brushes. I was like, what the... That makes no sense at all. It's ridiculous. I, I, so I have a friend who's uh, a machinist, like a professional for a big company. And I showed him this free... I, free CAD program. I was like, mm -hmm. can you tell me, you know, just show me some stuff on here. And there was one thing it was missing. It was like, it's junk. It's just total junk. You're not going to be able to use it. And I was like, I don't, I don't need that feature. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's the weird <laughs> thing where like the people making the software and the people really arguably buying the software are him probably. Mm -hmm. And so they keep wanting these features to be there that I might not need as a consumer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I don't know right. what I do need. So I can't communicate back what my needs are. Cause I'm like, there's a gap in Let me that. give you some Play-Doh, and then that yeah. should be able to... <laughs> there's a gap. There's a really big gap in that you basically just have to know everything. You either know everything or nothing, and that's kind of the problem. Is, is... I guess now I thought I knew some, but now I know nothing. <laughs> you probably no, did. No, 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 I, I can <laughs> I mean, I'm... I'm I, it's uh, but I know, I know, yeah, I mean, yeah. I might as well know nothing yeah. when because I'm trying to at, communicate my right. needs. At the end of the day... You're just trying to make the thing you want to make it. If you can't do that, then it's, you know. And my 3D printer sits around a lot. Yeah. Because there's only so many things off Thingiverse. Mm -hmm. There's only so many things another person designed. Mm -hmm. And I might even see something where I'm like, oh, that's a really great idea. And if it was this shape, 
I could use it, mm-hmm. and I can't get to that mm-hmm. shape. You know, like well, see, like one thing that needs to happen, like yesterday, is manufacturers, you know, appliance Maytag, uh, Whirlpool, all of these manufacturers need to have uh, model repositories, one hundred for things that you can download and you can print new parts. I mean, think about like just a foot for your washing machine that is adjustable, mm-hmm. you know, that to level it out or whatever, like to keep it from. And there's no industry the standard for things like that. Yeah, exactly. You know, it's like it's specific. Exactly. Even, it's even if I had to pay ninety nine cents for that foot, exactly, I would one hundred percent do it. Is so yeah. the company. Uh, Whirlpool, Maytag, whatever, they have to keep around this inventory of these little feet for their washing mm-hmm. machines uh, that are taking up space on warehouse that they have to pay for. Well, yeah. it's, and they charge you, you know, $6 or whatever for your little foot. And it's like, well, I don't care that much. You know, even $6 just to fix like a little wobble. You're like, Ugh. I guess I'll just fold this paper. Yeah, paper so- exactly. Soku, and I have <laughs> two, like the... one inch by yeah. two by like eight inches on the front of my washer right there now. There you go. See? For that very reason. See? I just can't find. Right. And how so how it, is this not happening? Now that I'm like, I'll it, pay 99 cents for the file it, and print exactly. my own thing. It'd be my own I'll cost of materials. for something that all it's costing you is digital storage space. Yeah. yeah. You don't have to you're have You're paying a for a server somewhere. I got that. So you just but, sell the But file. you're paying for that anyway. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like you... That you're paying for the server just to show me the image that I have to order. Yeah, yeah exactly. so why not let me buy that? So, and yeah. I mean, you know, they're hosting True. their website and all this stuff, and you know, their intranets and all these things, like just freaking hosting. All right, interviews over, guys. We're starting a company. We're just going to go around <laughs> no, and is, warehouse parts for. It's, uh, it's, there's nothing more frustrating than trying to explain to someone also what you need if you can't find it on yeah. a website as well. Yeah. But I mean, on things like that, if it's like an exploded view mm-hmm. of, and the parts. But can you imagine being able to go to Maytag and say, I need part 16, which is always sold out because my dryer is 10 years old or whatever, yep. you know, yep. like, or I'm discontinued thinking, I'm thinking motorcycle parts, but like, yeah, being able to go in and just click mm-hmm. that and like, I can buy the part already mm-hmm. made if it's metal or whatever, but I could print it plastic. Sure, if it's just a pl- little, just to see if it fits, part. just to see if, yeah, like yeah, I like how well, it is looks. There, is there someone out there that's like, you're talking about Thingiverse and MakerBot and all this stuff. Is there someone out with like a 3D scanner, like got, plotting got, oh, all yeah. this stuff out and I've just doing there, it? Yeah. You know, I haven't like, done hey, that. This is what I need. Yeah. I can make it. If you bring one over and mm-hmm. let's say, you know, he had something specific you needed two of, have, scan it and make it. I have a perfect example of that sitting in the other room over there. Doesn't XYZ have a scanner have a now scanner, that they yeah. just came out uh, with? Yeah. Uh, and Man. it's not bad either. Um, <laughs> you can do it with a. Um, the Xbox. You can't. Ex- yeah. I have one the of Connect. those in there. Yeah. I have an actual scanner in there from a company called EinScan. Does it scan my whole body? No. Like, I do did. you have a whole body scanner? I built one like that. What? Though. You built in a fact, whole body the, scanner? The printer that that was printed on was part of a company that I worked for slash with, a 3D printing company, but we we're called Timeless 3D, and our whole business was scanning people and printing full color. Oh, I'm gonna. We need to let the Dude, audience in on a secret. I don't Aaron. say that we need bobbleheads, but so the company we, went out of we, business. We, we need to, uh, not we need, so much so, action figure would be fine. I think fine. we should let the audience in on a little secret. We're actually in Malibu. We're in a penthouse, <laughs> and we're talking to Tony Stark. Well, I think that's really <laughs> you said it. Not <laughs> me. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, the facial hair whatever. is really close. So uh, well, that's a very good compliment. I'll take it. Uh, yeah. I might need to shed uh, a few pounds. So, you, oh my. so how do you end up working with these companies? They're they're coming across you, and they're just saying strangely fortuitous. This 
Man. I'm serious. You know that one of the first I, the first I, interview we ever released was also another person who was like, "Yeah, just every time I try something, it works." <laughs> oh my yeah. god! Yeah, it's like I've never been told no except for once when he was nine. Yeah, yeah. I the first girl he asked out said no, but otherwise, yeah. like everybody. <laughs> no, I've been told no a lot. Well, no, you're married uh, now. That changes yeah, things. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's just one of those weird things where like you, kind of like I said, like when I explained like how I even got into doing what I was doing, it's like yeah. you wouldn't think. Okay, so you got bought a three D printer. Okay, but then you bought a pallet of filament, and then and then and then and then and yeah, then, and then yeah. you know. So it's one of those weird things of like, yeah, it looks like this on here, but it was really just a series of weird small steps that led to that. But you were looking for those things too. You were being well. I mean, the, I the filament opportunities, right? Well, and, and that we uh, there's a lot. Preparation meets opportunity mm-hmm. all the yep. time. Yeah. Just being all the time. Just yeah, like Daniel and I finding. We just random stuff that we find, you know, and I'm sure there are people that say that it's like, how do you find this? I'm like, I'm always looking. Yeah. Yeah. You know, Absolutely. I'm looking for one particular thing. I don't know how many messages he and I have back and forth of just an ad on mm-hmm. like Facebook marketplace or Craigslist mm-hmm. of like, Hey, look hey, for this, this, look out. for this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. But I mean, it, it is right mm-hmm. place, right time. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and, having and really that's what it boils do down it. to mm-hmm. is. So again, like I said, town three went out of business and that's actually the hugest blessing in the world because i didn't want to before we get too far away from this though not right place right time it's being in the right place all the time well we're consistently and you're probably doing the same thing where you were consistently there right and then eventually the opportunity hits right as you're standing waiting so we're checking facebook or craigslist for a tool or an item Mm -hmm. or we're talking to you know even in getting people for the for this podcast like we are constantly Mm -hmm. listening and having the conversation and then when we find the right person in the and right moment, willing. putting it together. I think it's about yeah, being and putting willing the effort a hundred percent. Yeah, because 100%. like you know, uh, you know, I like probably same with you guys. Like I really love just like finding that one deal that's like, oh man, this is too good to pass up. <laughs> yeah, five cents a spool. Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah exactly. Yeah. And it's like I maybe don't really have the money necessarily but for I will it, leverage but for it's it. like way too good to pass up. I bought a metal lathe mill combo for two hundred and fifty dollars, and it's like oh. That's awesome. Yeah. But it was, I was looking, 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 knew I didn't need it, but you never know. It's a really good deal. The guy listed it. He let me talk him down a lot. And that's amazing. Yeah. Right. But it's just, that's what it's about. Looking, 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 looking. I see this opportunity and I'm going to jump on it. Maybe I don't have the resources available, whether it be time or money or whatever. But I'm going to make it work. Right. I'm willing to make it work. Thinking, I will. Yeah. You know, it's, I'll it's, figure out how to exactly. make this work. Exactly. And that's what it is. is, is I'll figure it out. And if I don't, at least I tried. Right. You know? Yeah. Uh, and, and you could sell it for more than you paid. Yeah, exactly. Easy. Sometimes. And I've done that One more that, than a few times. Yeah. Uh, and that's really what it boils down to, you know, is, is that's really what it's been is it's, I, I consider myself a yes man, which I'm really trying to not be so much. Cause like, <laughs> as it turns out, it's really easy to overextend yourself that way. Thanks for saying yes to doing this. <laughs> You're welcome. Oh, it's my pleasure. Um, but, uh, but I have a tendency to do that. And so in that people will say, Hey, I've got this business idea. Hey, I've got this idea. I've got this idea. I'm like, let's do it. Let's go. Yeah. You know, like I'm ready. Come on. And, uh, that's worked out thankfully. Uh, but it just as easily could have, you know, made me broke and sad. <laughs> so right. I'm very thankful that it hasn't done those things. Um, but yeah, you know, it's all, like you said, you're, I don't, I don't know the whole right place, right time thing. It's like, I don't know if there necessarily is either of those things as much as, as it is just saying, I think 
I think having the ability to work things out in your head, like uh, on the drop of a dime to the nth degree is yeah. like such a important skill in life, you know? So to sit there and, and hear this opportunity, whatever it may be. How would this play out? Yeah. And yeah. saying, here's all the possible outcomes that I can imagine, you know, are those, are even the negative one, you know, are the worst case scenario, right. is that acceptable? Like right. with your $250 late, it's like worst case scenario, I spend money that I don't have and I buy it and I don't really use it as much as I thought I would. And I double my money or whatever, right. like selling it back. Yeah. Okay. That's acceptable. I can accept I, all I'm out in that instance is some time and that's fine. You know? Mm -hmm. So I think that that's really what it's about is about being like honest and upfront with yourself on what you're capable of, you know, and what that's going to look like in the future for you, you know, or what it could look like. Right. You know? So anyway, I, I do. Yeah. And I would add to the like thinking through, outcomes is a willingness to take risks with at the same time a a sense of caution because mm -hmm. you can't take all the risks mm -hmm. all the time right right but you have to know when it's okay to jump off the cliff or know when there's a pretty good chance that mm -hmm. it's okay or to at jump least off be the willing cliff. to jump off the cliff because that's yeah. what i think that that's what holds mm -hmm. i mean and again i'm in no place to say anything that anyone should or should not do but i think that's what holds a lot of people back is that they're just unwilling to jump off that cliff because they're scared of whatever they're comfortable. And it's like, well, this has the potential to make me uncomfortable and I don't want to do that. Yeah. You know? So I mm -hmm. think it's all just about being will, being up for anything really. And just throwing up your hands and going, but also knowing when something's bad. Yes. Because you do have people that burn themselves out. Yes. Or just lose it. Which is my big fear. Bad. Like I worry about that a lot. I'm like, if I, you know, that's why I'm trying really hard to not say yes to everything. But the worrying is probably the filter that's, that's saving you, right? Exactly. Like it's the people who are like, oh no, it'll be fine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And you're like, <laughs> you're like, no, no, no. you should Which, definitely not go to sleep on the railroad tracks. Yeah. <laughs> Which again, back to the, the 3D scanning people thing, that mm -hmm. company uh, I said yes to, and it's again, weirdly, strangely fortuitous, but that led me to be able to do what I'm doing now. Right. Uh, because that's how I met my business yeah, partner now. Gotcha. Who's like actually we're doing crazy cool stuff. Right. So it's just one of those weird things. I said yes to that when I, in short sightedness, shouldn't have because I spent a lot of time and made no money. Right. But long, you know, long game, it ended up working out incredible, completely separate from that company. But, I wouldn't have met the people that I met if it wasn't for that. Yeah. You know? But time's a relatively safe investment too. I think like we all have the same amount of time mm -hmm. and we all invest it differently. And I would say a lot of people invest it in things that don't even have the chance of a return necessarily. Like very few of us are watching TV to become better screenwriters. Yeah. Right. You know, like, <laughs> or to learn to tell a joke better or yeah. like we're not, and you can use it to do those things for sure. But I, I do, I've thought about this a lot recently and how like taking inventory of how you're investing your time because it is something that you can invest with no real risk a lot mm -hmm. of times. Like mm -hmm. there are things you can take time away from television, watching, mm -hmm. whatever, mm -hmm. right? Like getting, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, well, I and, mean, you know, I heard it once said, and I'm sure lots of people said this, but it was pretty revelatory to me, but where someone said like, time is a, a resource just like money is mm -hmm. like, you know, generally a lot of pe or the people that have a lot of money don't have a lot of time. And the people that have a lot of time don't have a lot of money and that's not coincidental. Right. Uh, and so as someone who, I mean, I don't have a lot of money or anything, but, and I see that a lot with people that have, you know, I always say, 
uh, that it's really important to know how to be poor. I'm not saying that everyone should be poor, but everyone should know how to be poor. Yeah. You know, um, because it just retrains your brain on how to value things. And I think that the value of time is one of those things that you, I mean, the value of money and time are those things you learn when you're broke, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Uh, because every tiny thing, even like your time is so considered like, well, I'm broke and I need money and I have all this time because I don't have a job. And so I need to spend, I need the time that I'm spending on something to wring the most possible return as humanly possible so that I can eat, you know? Right, right. And it's just, you don't think about those things when when you don't have to think about those things. Right, you know? yeah. And so, and so th that's been, you know, I don't remember exactly the train that I was going on with that, but that's been a huge thing for me is viewing time as just as valuable of a resource as money. A hundred percent. And I think, yeah. and I think we squander it. Like, yes, oh, absolutely. Man. a lot of us have it is like just pocket change that we're just nickel and diming ourselves. We sleep. What the heck is that? Come on. Uh, I, uh, <laughs> now, so I think I've said it before, but I really have restricted myself to six hours of sleep a night Good. because the extra two I'm saving is an extra month a year of yeah. time that I can do with other stuff. And I'm like adamant about it. Yeah. As you should be. That's yeah. fantastic. I get a lot of text messages, text messages from Daniel at the time I should be getting up that I'm just like sitting there, like Please I need to get up for work and he's texting. He's like, Hey, so I think, and I'm just like, yep, sounds good. And I'm like, dang it. Like, Daniel's been up for two yeah. hours already. I need, I need to wake up and get I, with it. Well, I realized mm -hmm. like, it's not bothering me, by the way. Oh, that's it's, good. it's perfectly thanks, fine. Thanks. Uh, yeah. I, <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah uh, I'm one of those people that's always had a very like my time is limited. Not that I have less than anybody else because mm -hmm. I have the exact same amount, but like literally my time on earth is limited, mm -hmm. right? And this fear that I won't experience or do enough things. But so I have an almost like manic, like, all right, I'm going to learn how to do this and learn. It's really almost the impetus yeah. of the podcast is let's just learn how to do stuff. As Heather would say, we're going to spend a lot of time learning how to do things we'll never do because we're always just looking at the next thing to learn like over There's and over. There's value in that. Maybe. Um, right now we're it's using enjoyable. it as a teaching tool for <laughs> other people and yes. ourselves. Oh, great. Um, and mostly to figure out other places we can burn money by buying more 3D printers and body scanners. <laughs> and <laughs> I know um, a few people. Yeah, last well, week's episode, uh, or well, that won't be by the time this comes out, right. but the earlier episode that almost cost me a forge and a hammer and an oh anvil. My. I saw <laughs> Yeah, it's yeah. pretty awesome. awesome. Yeah, mm -hmm. you know what's cooler than a 3D printed Iron Man outfit? A hand hammered <laughs> Mark, so cool. whatever the Mark One was. <laughs> I mean, I would, I would argue that point personally, but you know, that's just me. Um, but, uh, but, but one yeah. comes with the song. That's you true. Because you could hammer inherent. to it, that's and true. That's like, very true. I mean, the, all those elements are there. But I think back to time, like. There, Aaron and I have talked about it before. There are things that you you can invest time in, and it may not be maybe even like a good return money wise, right? Like it may take me longer to build a table or something than to just go out and buy it mm -hmm. based on what I'm paid hourly right mm -hmm. now. But when I sit back and kick my feet up and put my feet on that coffee table or whatever it is, like there is a satisfaction that cannot be purchased. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, absolutely. That is the return on that investment for me. Mm -hmm. And maybe I can monetize it at some other point, but. I think producing something 
for the world and any art artistic person. We talked about this earlier. Any artistic person who's ever produced something that even one person appreciated, you can't get that feeling any yeah, other way. Absolutely. You know? Yeah. Which is simultaneously the best feeling in the world and also the most terrifying feeling in the world. Because will you ever oh, be able yeah. to do it again? Well, and I can't tell you how many times oh God. Actually, specifically, it's one of the things that made me stop working with clients. And it wasn't even anything bad that happened. Um, but I made a, a piece for, for a client and it was, was and still is very rare for me to do one-off pieces. Mm -hmm. Like if I'm going to build something, especially now, it's something that I have already prototyped. You know, I've already made one or a few. I have a mold of it. So like the whole process is figured out. It's way faster. Because that's the thing with one-offs is that it's a prototype and there's only one and you're figuring everything out as you go. Right. And no project is exactly the same. So this specific project, like, just wrung me, squeezed me out of, like, every discipline that I knew um, and taught me a bajillion new things um, was excruciatingly difficult. The end product was cool, but also, as an artist, you're your own worst critic. Yeah. And so uh, yep. all I see when I look at it is, well, that's wrong, that's wrong, that's wrong, mm -hmm. that's wrong. Here's all the things that I did wrong that I wish I could have done differently, but the client's breathing down my neck, and so i got to get this thing shipped out. Um, so shipped it out the door. You know, I made the client like a, a like a two minute long video of like, hey, here's all the different things. Here's how you. Do. So what it was, it was a, a hella headdress, which from Thor Ragnarok, mm -hmm. it's this this character. She has this like skull cap that's like super form fitting, yeah. but then all these massive horns that come off mm -hmm. of it. So the all I made the helmet, and that was what they commissioned me to do, and. But the so we could ship it. All the horns are detachable, right? And they all have to screw into the helmet, just just every you know, just so. And it was made with three different separate kinds of rubber and plastic on the skull cap because it had to be flexible enough to where she could actually get it onto her head without it stabbing her in the eyebrows. It just all these things. The paint had to be able to flex correctly so that it could flex, but then parts had to be rigid enough to where when you put the horns on, it wouldn't weigh the helmet down mm -hmm. and deform it. Just a chaotic amount of work. Um, so I send it out. You know, I make the video. Hey, here's how it works. You know, be nice to it. Be gentle to it. It's fragile. I shipped it out on a mannequin head, you know, with everything right. detached. So it was like, should arrive perfectly and everything, you know. So then, you know, a few days later, da -da -da, on my phone, I'm like, what now? And I'm expecting to get a text. Hey, uh, you know, looks great. You know, that's how everyone always yeah, practices yeah. this. Hey, looks great, but. Except. And I'm always <laughs> waiting for the but. Right. You know. Uh, but I, I was like, okay. And I'm really good about responding messages. Like, that's like. Customer service is like my thing. Like, right. I don't want anyone to wait more than like five minutes for me to respond. <laughs> right. Uh, and that's like, if I absolutely can't like, can't get to my phone. So open up the the thing and she's like, Hey, got the helmet. It's beautiful. Well, we're thrilled with it. You know, it's the greatest thing we've ever seen. Uh, we love it. Blah, 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 all this stuff. And I'm like, okay, cool. Great, 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 great. So we're chatting back and forth about it and everything and the conversation, whatever. Well, the next day, da -da -da, what's wrong now? Open it up. Hey, was just wanting to ask you, um, make sure that I'm putting the screws in right or whatever. Still love it. Looks great. And I'm like, <laughs> uh, you know, crisis averted. Well, then, oh, a few months go by. Da -da -da. And, and, you know, because it shows who's messaging. You right, know, right, so. right. 
And I was like, oh, God, no. <laughs> it broke, and now they want a freaking refund or whatever. Uh, on there, hey, wore the helmet out today at some Comic-Con. Like, it was a huge smash hit. Everyone loved it or whatever. It's like, it, that feels great, you know? Right. But in that moment, I'm so stressed out because all the things that could go wrong are you know going Running through my through head right. Yeah. right yeah you're preparing worst case scenario every time exactly that's how i am opening the bank app my uh, <laughs> yeah. see how much money yes. I have. <laughs> yeah that, luckily my wife works for the bank that we bank at so that that one's a little easier to because we're usually good. fairly abreast of the situation uh so so that's a, a good positive but i don't remember how we got on that but that's just another example of how uh, the fear was causing the, you to yeah the yes. fear of what could go wrong was right. causing you even to start to dread was good on. scenarios even right. though nothing was going right, right. everything was hunky dory mm-hmm. but I was my own worst enemy right I was freaking my you know psyching myself mm-hmm. out so bad I, I mean I would get like panic attacks yeah like people are gonna hate all the stuff that I make all because like especially when you are making art for a living. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you send out this piece. Well, what happens when they get when they want a refund? Like you're gonna give it to them because in any industry, your reputation's all you have. Yeah. So you're gonna. I mean, even if you disagree that they deserve one, you're gonna do it anyway. Even if, if you want to stay in business, right? If you want to stay in business, mm-hmm. you're gonna do it anyway. Like that's the you know as dumb as it is, the customer is always right thing. Yeah. Right. Like when you're a sole business owner, yeah. The customer, the customer has is, the might. That's yes, <laughs> is probably there you go. The, that's very yeah. good. Uh, and so, but like, what happens when? Okay, I got paid uh, this money for this piece. Cool. And you spent it to pay rent. Now I can pay my bills. Mm-hmm. Awesome. I paid my bills. Hey, just received this thing, and I'm unhappy, and I want a refund. Okay, uh, let me get back to you. Yeah. You know, and so like not only are you crushed emotionally because you poured your heart and soul into making this thing. you just like hand carry the refund and sleep on their couch for a month? Like that would be just like show up and be like, here's your money. And also I need to sleep yeah, on that couch. Yeah, by the way, hey, I also got a divorce. And yeah, this is where my uh, breakfast money came from. Yeah, so yeah, exactly. So yeah, so you're crushed emotionally. Right. Uh, you're crushed financially. And it's just like you're devastated, mm-hmm. you know. So again, I don't remember how we got on that, but that has largely informed how I do things now yeah. and why I don't do things. It definitely, I think, yeah, my expectation, if I, like when you see somebody doing the level of work you're doing from the outside, you think next step, this person goes to an FX house in Hollywood or whatever, like that's the level, like why would you want to quit doing that? Mm-hmm. But then in talking to you, you can under, like, you're not quitting doing that. Right. Like, and it makes sense to step into, I can share this passion with other people in a way that makes it really accessible to them Mm -hmm. because you grew up as a skater. Mm -hmm. And I think like watching those kids that started skating when they were eight now are doing things that seem physics wise, literally almost Mm -hmm. impossible because they just grow up in a world where they're so far ahead, you know, like Mm -hmm. already. And I think like, to your point, the next 10 years, an eight-year-old in a classroom now, right, mm-hmm. who is just fortunate enough to be around a 3D printer, and what that person discovers they can do by the time they're 20. Mm-hmm. They're... Well, think about it this way. I mean, the guy who, you know, the engineers that built the iPhone, like, they had, you know, TI calculators growing mm-hmm. up in school. They were, mm-hmm. like, the first generation to have, like, really accessible calculators or really accessible home computers, you know, like, and those are the guys now that 
built the iPhone. Yeah. You know what I mean? No, like, I think that's a perfect. So yeah. to imagine what kids now who have iPhones, you mm-hmm. know, and have grown up with iPhones in their hands and have had, you know, imagine PC computers back when these engineers were growing up, like, you know, they were junk. <laughs> I mean, compared to what we have now, right, right. you know, and so that's where we're at with 3D printing right now is where we were at in the 70s and 80s with right. home computing. So imagine the kids that are experiencing that technology in school now. I mean, who would have thought that the iPhone would exist in 1978? Like, yeah. yeah really. That would be like, that's like, no way. Like, a, what? A You're insane. Arthur C. Clarke sci-fi. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like, wait. You're like, no, that, yeah, yeah. that's no way. <laughs> this isn't hard science fiction. <laughs> right. This is clearly like the crazy science right. fiction. Yeah. So that's the fun thing is like, you know, we can look at 3D printing just like they looked at home computing back then and think of what it could be used for maybe you know they think oh in the future you know on your home computer you're going to be able to you know start your oven and start the water boiling and like all of these things and it's like yeah also like about a seven gajillion other things yeah. but uh yeah that's that's well, me i'm super excited about seeing the shop i can't thank Heck you yeah. enough for letting us come crash your uh Christmas Day parade. <laughs> <laughs> no, which I guess is over. All now. the cars. Wait, are did gone you now. throw that in honor of us? <laughs> oh, I up? did. I was. So, everyone got bored. It took us longer to get here. We got in this line yeah. that was going five miles an hour, and people yeah. were waving at us, and we're like, "Yeah, we're yeah, just going to see Daniel really weird. In fact, we just got out and started to walk behind the car. Aaron had a trumpet. Yeah, yeah. it's cornet. Yeah, yeah. It was a lot of fun. But, uh, I th- but I do think before we, you, Aaron, yeah. Aaron has something he likes to yeah. ask everybody. Uh, you just finish the sentence, okay? No wrong answers. Just go for it. He's going to say the first part, and mm-hmm. then you just say whatever pops right. into your head. Yes. yes. Okay. okay. I wish I could. Can I ask a question? Yes. Okay. You wish you could ask a question? No, no, no. I'm going to have to edit Can out Can I ask a part. question? That was super easy. <laughs> well, but... So am I allowed to like, ponder on it, or is it like an off-the-cuff No, thing? it. there are no wrong There's answers. There's no so rules. I mean, do you want to start over? Or maybe that is the answer. Maybe that's (laughs) part of the answer. This is still gold. Yeah, this is still. All right. Now, could you repeat it? I wish I could. Know how to do everything. (gasps) That's my wish. That's a good one. Because I always say, I don't care to know everything. I just want to know how to do everything. Look What I Did is produced by Aaron Dodson and Daniel Quinn. Sound design by Tyler Orsack and Daniel Quinn. Our digital director is Heather Hill. 